Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show, the big show, the most critically acclaimed show that is recorded in our car, and our car is driving on wet roads. Hang on a second. I got to take a drink of my drink. Here it comes. Ah, you know what that is? You know what I'm drinking? Yep. What am I drinking? Low calorie lemonade. Lemonade. Today is a lemonade day. Because when you get lemons, what else are you going to do? Uh-oh. We are on the wrong side of the fence. We Cow are. is out. Cow is out. I don't know whose those are. I don't either. I'd stop and tell them. I don't think they're these people's cows. Uh, cows out on the road, which you really, if you don't, if you ever hit a deer and you know how bad that is, it's like 10 times worse if you hit an actual cow. Not much fun for the farmer either. No, because they're responsible for it. Um, I'll give the guy coming a little flash so he'll know that the cow is out. Courteous thing to do is stop and tell the person who owns the cattle if you know who it is. But I don't know that person. We're not, we're not in the area that I know everybody at. So. Pressing right along. It's Lemonade Day. Why do I say that? Well, we are doing something other than what we had planned. We had planned to go to a city about 85 to 100 miles from where we live and work an event. But that event has been thunderstormed out. It is an outdoor event, and one does not have this type of event during thunderstorms. So They're supposed to be called players, not lightning rods. That's right. And so... It's it's not practical for us to go there. So we're doing something else. We're doing a podcast as we're traveling in the other direction. We are going to town. Now, for us, going to town means about a 30-minute drive because we don't live anywhere near a town of any size. And what are we going to do? She doesn't even know what we're going to do. We'll probably go to the grocery store, but other than that, we're going to go... Bargain hunting. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> it's getting to be the end of the season, and it may be late enough. I'm not sure if it is yet. It may be late enough that the big markdowns in the seeds and planting departments have started. Now, usually we'll really load up later on when it's 80% off. That's when we really like it. That's when we load up on seeds. Yeah. But a little earlier is usually better for the plants. Yeah, the plants, I mean, she actually has, we put one, one was sitting in the kitchen, and I'm like, why is that plant sitting in our kitchen? So, well, I'm going to take it out to the place and put it in out there. Okay. So we took it out of the kitchen and put it on the back porch so it could sit out in the rain, because that's what plants do. They sit out in the rain. They like it'll, that. Pro- it'll probably like it, yeah. And it's in a fairly protected place, so it shouldn't get blown up, blown away too bad when the thunderstorms hit. Uh, our back porch is on the east side of our house, and the thunderstorms look like they're coming from the west. So usually, uh, you know. And if not, it's a 24, 25-cent zucchini plant. So Yeah, we, but sitting inside our kitchen, which isn't the brightest thing in the world, because we don't like to keep lights on if we're not in it. <laughs> and even if we are, <laughs> our kitchen light is burned out at the moment. She's giving me the look. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> bargains. Bargains, bargains, bargains. You can really find the best bargains in the world for off-season stuff at the big box stores when they have to clean out the space. So what we're looking for specifically right now 
is to see if the spring planting stuff is on sale big time. And they usually start at 50% off and go from there. We're looking at things like... Uh, the seed pods for start, to start indoor seeds. Yes, that worked well enough this year. And if we can find the pod starter pods for really cheap, they'll last forever. They're a great prep. I always and, store up one year's uh, planting of spring seeds. Usually she waits till they're really cheap, though. Like, really cheap. But it doesn't usually take very long, because once people are not planting, they're not planting. I mean, they just stop buying seeds, and then it just sits there and... And not so much the green plants. Sometimes, but not always. You know, a lot of people buy their plants late. And, you know, you can do it that way, but usually we don't do it that way. So, has our greenhouse announced when they're closing yet? Yeah, they close at the end of June. End of June? Yeah. Okay. So we're mid-May right now. But see, they do more than just grow plants. They have a lot of landscaping. And- yeah, they have a lot of landscaping. They have a lot of ongoing maintenance stuff. A lot of the uh, mulches. And we don't have a big box store. So we, yeah. they sort of the, sell the sort of things the big box stores are selling out in their parking lots this time of year. Yeah. Paving stones and stuff like that. And then their trees. Their trees. I, we might get one more tree this year. Maybe. We might. We might. Don't really know what kind of tree yet. But... Uh, so that's an option, but you can, when I'm talking about buying this stuff on sale, you can really reduce the cost of next year's garden by shopping, starting right about now in the Midwest. And it's a prep. If something happens between now and then and stuff's not for sale, then you're ready to go. So let me, let me tell you what, what we look for. We look for anything that is like potting soil. We look for manure composted manure if it goes on sale big time we'll buy up several bags uh we're looking for anything that's durable but not chemicals seeds are decently durable which means they'll you'll have reduced sprouting next year but you'll get decent sprouting next year if you put them in something that is uh fairly moisture controlled like a ziploc bag and put them in the dark and uh, reasonably cool, like a nice air-conditioned spot in house. You'll get decent sprouting next year from them. You can find, you know, all these containers that you grow plants in, dirt cheap, dirt cheap. All this kind of stuff. Um, spare garden gnomes. <laughs> People don't understand the importance of a good garden gnome, though. If you have a good garden gnome, it really does keep keep things under control. Those little guys work hard. <laughs> We've got an excellent gnome. Our gnome, our gnome went through a refurbishment a couple years ago, three years ago. He needed uh, a new paint job. Spice is a painter. She is uh, actually a renowned miniatures painter. Uh, she paints wargaming miniatures, and she's actually one of the best. And actually one of the actual best, not just one of the best in our little local area. And uh, she took this little garden gnome that we have. What is it? Nine inches tall, eight inches tall? Something like that. Something like that. Big, long hat. Who we bought, I don't know where, at a big box store. We rescued him. No, it was a thrift store. A thrift, thrift store? Okay. Thrift it was store, a thrift no. store. Okay. We rescued him. It was, it was a rescue. You know how they rescue puppies and cats? We rescued this gnome. 
and she put a if it were selling as a centerpiece large scale wargaming miniature, she put about a seven hundred and fifty dollar paint job on this thing. I mean, literally, that's what it would sell for on eBay if it were a centerpiece wargaming miniature. It would be a seven hundred and fifty dollar miniature on our garden gnome. And he looks great. She had to touch him up a little bit last year. Yeah. Eh, you know, the paint is not really designed for garden gnome. <laughs> and uh, so he sits out there all summer and, and uh, champions the garden. Uh, I'm not really sure exactly what he does, but he does, you know. The garden's been doing good, so there we yeah, go. Yeah, he's obviously doing Correlation it. is causation, right? That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, you got to pay attention to it. But you can pick up a garden gnome cheap this time of year. And um, you just, you know, throw that out there. Also, uh, gorilla planting. Oh, yes. This is, this is gorilla planting. This is the time of year time. for gorilla planting. That's what I buy the plants for. Uh, some people use gorilla planting in a different way. They talk about uh, planting stuff on land that's not theirs, where they think nobody will notice or care. I'm not real big on using other people's property without permission. But what I do with it is we've got, you know, a whole bunch of acres out of the place. And it's not very good ground, and it's not prepared ground, and I don't tend it throughout the year like it's a garden. You don't weed 24 acres. You just, it ain't happening. So what I actually got those zucchini plants that are starting to go cheap this time of year for, big ones already got buds on them and they're cheap. I'm just going to take them out to the place. I'm going to uh, find a spot where I've amended the soil slightly to put in some trees because I've got a couple trees that didn't wake up this spring. We had a, a very cold snap over the winter, and some of my couple of my young trees apparently died. So I've got some decent soil there. I'm just going to dump these little plants in there, give them essentially no care, and then whenever I'm out during the summer, I'll go out there, and a lot of them will die, but probably not all of them. And I'll get free food for very little work, very little money. That's what I call gorilla planting. And then we'll look at replacing those trees in the fall. Yeah. Uh, last year I gorilla planted some leftover onions and chives that I didn't have, and garlic, that I didn't have room for in the home garden. And I just put them around where I've had uh, berry plants put in or other food plants put in. Didn't take care of them at all. And a lot of them didn't come up this spring, but some of them did. So now the place has a perennial plantings of garlic and perennial plantings of onions, and they'll just keep themselves going without my further attention. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe whenever it's time to do an asparagus bed, again, I think the place needs an asparagus bed. Yep. It'll have to, uh, I have to build between now and then, and I have to amend soil to have any shot of it going. But still. Because asparagus beds are perennials. And they keep coming back year after year. They also work very well with strawberries. That's what I did at home. Put in some asparagus, put in some strawberries around the base of them. The asparagus pokes right up through the strawberries so you can uh, pick it. And then the strawberries provide a ground cover. And about the time the asparagus is getting done, the strawberries are getting started. And you double crop that piece of ground and use it as a living mulch. We we keep talking about perennials. We're we're not really truly into what's permaculture, but we like the theory. I mean, some of their stuff gets a little whacked. You know what I'm saying? It gets a little little in depth for what we want to do. But we really like the the concept of plant once eat often, and so that's what we look to do. And we also look to do 
you know, long-term stuff, even though it may not reward us this year or next year, it will reward us. One of the things that we did, oh, she did, because I have real difficulty getting over there. It's really steep, and she's a lot more of a mountain goat than I am. Uh, two years ago or last year, I went over and planted, we were having an erosion problem on our pond. Our pond is in a very steep area out of the place. We've been ha- Since the day we put it in, we were having erosion issues. And she finally got a plant that, that has taken hold. It actually took three attempts because the uh, ground is steep enough and poor enough that the only way you have a shot of getting stuff to sprout and grow without spending a whole lot of time and energy amending, which I'm not willing to do around an entire pond, uh, is to get the stuff in right before it rains enough to sprout the seed and get the root started, but not so much that all the seed washes right down into the pond. And so I tried when we first put the pond in. We got ginormous rains, oh, not much held. Gully drenchers. I tried it again the next year. Uh, got some areas covered, but the worst spots were still not working. Tried it again last year at an end-of-season planting throughout some clover. And this year, most of the thing is uh, nicely covered, and I've got clover roots holding it in place. And that clover is going to add organic material to the soil, and it's going to add nitrogen to the soil, and it's going to make the soil a lot better. And then here in about five years, I'll start putting in grapes over there. Because natural, grapes like slopes. Natural grapes. Yeah, concords are na- are wild to the region. I won't put in the wild variety, but I'll put in some... Uh, Related varieties that have a lot of genes from the Concord strains. So they'll like the area well enough. I would be able to make wine. Yes. Or jelly. Not that we're big jelly eaters, but we could. Uh, Jelly is a nice way to preserve sweetness and uh, vitamin C and stuff through the winter. So it was originally not designed because people were loved jelly. It was designed because that's an effective way to preserve fruits by canning now one of the things that we do and we have a fence row with our neighbor and that is a little bit of gorilla planting because the gorillas that we've planted have taken over (laughs) the fence you can't even tell there's a fence there in a lot of places because of all the the bushes and vines and people people who are yard um yard fashionistas uh, yes yard fashionistas would not like our yard but most of the things in our yard now are edible. And one of the good things is our neighbors, we were able to to work with our neighbors, who they are also into eating parts of their yard. Um, they know that, yes, the fence is really, really ugly, but half of that stuff is theirs. Yeah, <laughs> and they didn't have to do anything other than not complain about the fence being ugly. Neither of us... Our family or theirs are worried enough about the fact that the fence between us is ugly to spend the amount of time and money it would take to replace the fence. Yeah, we could. We actually talked about that years ago, putting in a real fence. Um, He was going to fence in his entire backyard. And but he didn't. And we've left it. It works. I mean, there's nobody getting through that. fence. I mean, there's no way you're getting through that fence. Yeah, now it's enough of vines that the dogs and stuff won't run through it. So if he wants to fence in his dogs, he doesn't have to fence that side because they're not going to run through the raspberries and the blackberries and the grapes. 
Yeah, he wanted to put in. A, that's exactly why he wanted to fence his in because he wanted to let his dogs run in the backyard. Right now, they have to go out with the dog, you know. So, anywho, so gorilla planting is where you're not putting a lot of time and care into the plants. You go uh, for things that are cheap to put in. You know, you're not going to be spending much effort on them. You accept the fact that a lot of them are going to not make it as a result. But a small percentage are, and you put in perennial species. And the small percentage that do, you get a long-term yield from, and the wildlife gets a long-term yield from, and it enriches the space where you're living, both for you and the other things you might want to eat. Just have care what you drill, grill a plant. Of yeah. course, we, we're not going to go into the autumn olive. We've been down that road several times. Let's just say native species work better in the long run than introduced species do. And then there are some species that are native that you just beware. Our old friend mint, for example. <laughs> I I actually pulled the mint I have at the house. I was taking a walk down the road one day, and oh, that looks like the mint that used to grow outside Mom's house. Break a leaf, smell it, absolutely mint, no question about it. Pulled a plant out of the ground right there from the roadside, walked home, planted it. It grew up a bunch. I subdivided it, so I've got three or four different areas planted with little bits of mint now. And it wants to take over large areas, but... It mows pretty good, and that discourages it. So, you put it where you don't mind it taking over and can mow it if it starts to get out of hand, and you've got a perennial planting there. You know, it's a shame that uh, poison ivy isn't a perennial plant that we can eat, <laughs> because we can yeah, sure I'm grow sad. that really it's well a at perennial the place. Plant. We can grow that really well at the place. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. All right, there you go. Gorilla planting. Gorilla planting. For and cheap end-of-season plants. End of season, the good news is this is just now getting to be about... I'm not sure they've actually started the end-of-season stuff yet. But We're I got look. these four plants for a quarter apiece. Yeah. And they're big and already starting to bud. It's just time to get them in the ground, and she knew it, so she was willing to move them out for cheap. Right. So we're going we're gonna to check it out. We're going to look. We're going to see... And if we get some really good bargains, we'll probably restart this podcast and let you know we did. I doubt we will. I think it's a it's little too early. early for the big bargains. But uh, we'll let you know. But anyway, you might start looking in your own area because, I mean, we're talking about the difference between spending 10 to 12 dollars on planting materials using the prefabricated stuff and a dollar or two that's a lot of money and not only are you saving money it's a prep because if something bad happens over this winter i mean if something bad happens and you're stuffed well you've got stuff to plant so there you go bye now